Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City, and I'm sitting here at the bright red desk after just running into the kitchen to grab a cup of coffee before the show started. Today is November 2 9, 2020, and we are uh, sitting here as Neptune stations. So two minutes is not enough time to go to the bathroom and get a cup of coffee. <sighs> One of those things. And um, before would we go? Neptune's stopping today. We also have a full moon, a, t- a full moon lunar eclipse tomorrow that takes place actually this morning. If you get up bright and early at 4:30 in the morning, you'll see it. Um, and we are in eclipse season. So what eclipse season does for us? is it kind of starts us on this new emotional journey that we're all going to be working with. We're going to be wrapping up the story from June when the eclipses were active. So the story from June 5th, June 21st, July 5th, that story comes to an end, and we begin a whole new chapter around our life, our direction. And, of course, we've been waiting for this. We've been really looking at how do we get to this next chapter, what is it going to be, We've certainly seen lots and lots of changes in our lives and and directions of where we're going um, and what that new chapter is about. So this kind of as the eclipse season comes forward, we know when the lights go down or the lights change, the moon in this case getting eaten up tomorrow or or early tomorrow morning. um, And in two weeks, we have a total eclipse uh, of the sun down over the southern part of the world. Um, we're gonna. That's on December 14th, and those two eclipses kind of parallel, and um, they work together. But they also wrap up the story from June. But they also take us back uh, 19 years. So if you think back to what was going on in December of 2001, you're looking at a story from then, kind of going into the next chapter. You can also go back to December of. Uh, 1982, you can go back to December of 1963, and of course, 63 was the Kennedy assassination, 82 was the Iran-Contra war, well, look who's up in the news again, because <laughs> the the uh, the atomic guy got killed last week. So we see the stories repeating, and, apparently, and Daisy, lovely Daisy, wrote me and said, you know, you talked about Margaret Thatcher and the Falkland Islands eclipse, because that was the 82 one, and, you know, we're watching The Crown. Everybody's watching The Crown, and they're talking about the Falkland Islands on TV. So there's this universal resonance that happens over and over and over again with the heavens. And what they do is they point out to us um, and encourage us to kind of go, okay, we're re um, we're responding to this new change. We're offering this new opportunity. Uh, we're moving forward. We do know that there are more deaths during eclipses because people, the energy is very much about a pop. There's a shift and change where the energy kind of pops and we go, oh, wow, I don't know that I can stay anymore. So there's an energy of how that works. You know, I have a a pretty old cat here who's been staggering around a little bit lately. So I'm thinking he might be leaving on the eclipses, which would just make this year really great you know, for me in terms of, all right, the last thing that happens is my cat dies, right? Um, hopefully Max does not pass over, but, you know, he's getting old and he's 21 and eh, he might not be here, you know? So, cause it's Gemini. It's my companion. You know, he's my little buddy. Um, 
And so for me, the eclipse is in the house, the home and house. You know, it would definitely be a change if, and of course, Mercury rules uh, small animals. So hopefully that's not going to happen, but I'm also looking and going, eclipses finish things up, and they wrap things up, and they say, done, done, done. Now, the other thing, you know, is that the eclipse that we have on the, 20, on the 14th of December is a new moon, uh, 23 Sag, which is a total eclipse, and it happens to be on uh, Donald Trump's moon. This is the eclipse that he was born under. So we should see uh, the Electoral College comes in on the 14th of December, and we should see if he's moving homes because the eclipse is on his moon, on his south node, which usually represents a loss of the home, quite literally. And, of course, when we were um, having the eclipse that came across the country, remember that a couple of years ago? Yeah, and Donald went out and looked at it, right? Everybody went, what are you looking at an eclipse with your eyes? You'll burn your eyes out. But what eclipses do is they take out the leaders, right? So, you know, there was a, a general, you know, there, were two, there were twin astrologers in China, and they didn't warn the emperor that the eclipse was coming because, you know, they didn't want to get him mad. And, of course, the, the emperor knew what that meant, that it can take out the leaders. So he beheaded the two astrologers after the eclipse happened, and he realized they hadn't told him, right, because they betrayed him. I don't quite know. You know, it's that whole, you know, shoot the messenger thing. So, so the energy, of course, gets big when we're in eclipses. And this one is an emotional eclipse, and then uh, – consciousness and seeing it eclipse you know we have part one part two so it's an important time and it really is a lot about how we're going to work with this full moon energy as we go forward and we figure out what that looks like and where we're where we're headed and we expect to see things and of course today neptune is stationing to go direct um so we have kind of a combo deal right neptune stationing at um on the degree, kind of near the degree of the eclipse from June, uh, the June 5th eclipse, and then we have the new, the full moon eclipse that is this t- tonight, and that's at 8 Gemini, and then we have the new moon eclipse, which is on the 23rd, and that's on the south node, um, and that one's big. Or the, the new moon eclipse at 23 Sagittarius on the 14th of December on the south node. Ah, so we go forward, you know, and and the good news is, you know, we are at a turning point. We still have Mars going to go through the COVID clump one more time. He now got off the degree he was at for January, November 1st through November 24th. He's now moving forward, and he's going to make the third, third and final pass of an opening square, which is taking action and doing things. He's going to make that aspect go forward one more time, and he's going to, of course, wake up Pluto and Capricorn. But by the time he catches up to Jupiter and Saturn, they're going to have moved into Aquarius, which they're going to do um, on December 21st. They meet up, and they start a new 20-year cycle. So we're going to really feel the energy shift as the, Earth, the, the planets that have been bumping along in the Earth start to fly. And, of course, Saturn likes Capricorn. It's one of his favorite signs. And he likes Aquarius, too. That's his other sign. Jupiter's going to feel so much better once he gets the heck out of being stuck in Capricorn on the ground. And so we have Jupiter entering a new sign um, coming up. And so when that happens, we're going to really feel like, oh, wow, we're not so grounded anymore. We're now really feeling like, okay, I'm, I'm able to move forward. I'm able to feel 
light again, you know, and Jupiter prefers to fly. He's a sky god. You know, he's not, you know, he's not like fussy about what sign he flies around in, but he's going to be flying off into Aquarius on December 20th. And that is also the day right before the summer, the winter solstice. And that's moments before he meets up with Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn shifts out of Earth uh, coming up too. And so what happens is planets are getting at the end of their time in a sign. So Saturn shifts out of of Capricorn into Aquarius on December 16th. Um, And then he says, okay, now we're not on the ground anymore. We've changed the structure. Now we're shifting. And one of the things mundane astrologers note is when we shift energies, like we're doing here from Saturn shifting from Capricorn into Aquarius, frequently there is a change in leadership. So it'll be interesting to see what that shift feels like, but also you're going to feel it in your own lives because Saturn is going to be finishing up his last bits of Capricorn and then he launches. Now, as we enter into December with this eclipse energy, so we're going to have the eclipses kind of operating in the background, bringing to light whatever else it is you need to see and understand. Now, Saturn has been in Aquarius already. He was in Aquarius from April through June 30th. So he's already been at this early degree. So if you started something back then, it's going to circle back around and say to you, you want to do it now? Because, you know, you thought of it back then, but you didn't do it then. But now we're ready to go forward, okay? So all the stuff that got put, put on pause or shifted um, we then start we start in earnest once we get to December 16th because then Saturn's back in air. So you kind of think of it, you know, and if you think back to April through June, you know, we were in the COVID lockdown, but we also were, you know, in the podcast back then, I was saying, okay, so you're partnering with someone, you're living with them during this quarantine lockdown, and when they let us loose, you know, you got an opportunity to swap partners or change things, which they let us loose. We People dumped people and broke up. People got together, you know, all that stuff. And then Saturn went back into Capricorn and said, hey, it's not over yet. Now, when he goes out of Capricorn on the 16th, we go, okay, this is this is a new way of looking at things. Have we seen stuff in a different way? And then when he meets up with Jupiter on the 20th of December, the 20th, 21st, he initiates a new 20-year cycle. It also is the last time he was in air was when the Magna Carta was signed back in 1215, right? 1215. And what that was was a bunch of people getting together and saying, hey, we want to change the rule of the king. We want to, change, we want to free the peasants. We don't want the peasants to be you know, subject to the rule of the king and the caprices of the king. We want you know, them to have autonomy. They shouldn't live such crappy lives. They shouldn't. So when people are looking at realistically, when are we going to get a stimulus bill passed, you know, so we're not in the food lines and we're not in the, um, we're not going to get evicted and we aren't trying to figure out how to feed our children. Um, and, I, you know, and I know I had said uh, a while ago, people keep asking me about the food shortages and I'm like, look at the food lines. Um, you know, when Uranus was in Taurus the last time, there were it was the Dust Bowl and there were widespread food shortages. Now we literally have people unable to afford to buy the food. And so the food, the lines, the lines of cars looking for food shortages. That also can happen because the supply chains can get dis- disrupted. 
And if it's going to be a supply chain issue, we're looking at February. So for those of, you know, for the people that are like, when can I start eating my stash? You know, we're going to see what happens in February through June because that's a real disruption in the food chain. But we also see people now having food shortages, quite literally, because they can't afford their food. But if we look at what's going to happen when we have that conjunction, and in the back the old days they said, hey, you know, the, the government is not taking care of you. It's actually treating you badly. We're going to help you. We're going to fix you. That would be one of the days I would think we might pass a stimulus package that actually helps the people rather than the corporations or the people that have a lot of money. Because remember, we still have the Pluto transit for two more years. And those of you who have lived through Pluto transits before, and most of us have on some some part of our life, um, we know that we're not done yet. We still have two more years of Pluto. So this is the setup for what happens next. And, of course, nobody's been talking about the economic fallout of this pandemic. I mean, people have been talking about it, but the real reality of, you know, my store is closed, my business is gone, who's going to pay for us, who's going to take care of us, Who? where do we get the money, right? That We still have two more years of that. And remember, Pluto, when he went into Capricorn, uh, he brought the economic collapse that we had in 2007, 2008, which we handled by bailing out the corporations, which then we went back and drew back the money, you know, kind of like you guys are spending it on yourself. Then we had the truck, the Trump tax cuts, which we gave a lot of money to the rich people. Didn't really do much for the little guy. And now the little guy, which is the Pluto, the Virgo decan of Capricorn, is from 20 for the rest of the time when Pluto's in Capricorn until 2026. Now is when we make amends. And in the Catholic Church pedophile business, this is when the voice of the Catholics got big and we realized they just kept transferring the priests. In the AIDS epidemic, this is when um, we started to treat it and take care of the people that were dying from AIDS. So, you know, the bad news is it takes us a while to get woke, but we are woke, and so that's good. But we also do need to recognize that our job as citizens is to say to the government, hey, don't leave us out here to to burn and die. You know, like, this is not fair. Like, why should we have children starving? Why should we have people starving? No, we, you know, that isn't necessary if we take care of. And I think part of the Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius is us looking at the wider picture. Like, when we look at other countries and how they have handled this virus, we do not have the same disregard for the lives of the people that are being affected by it, either the healthcare workers or the people who are dying from it. The fact that we have lost so many people, um, more, more than uh, World War II, Vietnam, and uh, Korea, I, you know, in, in nine months. It's kind of stunning. And um, that reality, I mean, I, rem- I grew up with Vietnam on my TV as a kid. And the Vietnam protests and the Vietnam, uh, you know, the civil rights protests and the women's protests and the gay, the gay protests and saying, and we, which we had when Saturn went into Aquarius. So as a country, it's our time to step forward and say, okay, you know, we need to take care of our people. And what does that look like? And, and how do we get there, right? And so part of it is if the systems work for you, great. If they don't work for you, we need to change them. And your vision, your voice, your purpose, if you all, everybody in this room, everybody listening to this podcast has gone through COVID 
and all of you have had an awakening about what structures support you and take care of you, what structures don't support you and don't take care of you, and that you're in charge. You're in charge of your own structures. And how do you then change the structure? Because that's the Jupiter-Saturn. It says, okay, you saw the problems with the structure. How do you want to change it so that you're allowed to create the life, pursue the dream, make it a more perfect, you know, pursue your own happiness? This is, these are big questions that are part and parcel of how we work in the world. And all of us have a role to play because we're all incarnated now and we're still alive. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. You didn't kill me. Um, but we're all here to have a uh, we're all here to have a perspective on it and to act in the form of our chart, whatever our chart says we're supposed to do, whatever our purpose is. Look at what your Saturn is. I have a podcast on my uh, a lesson on course on my thing. Um, I have it hosted also on Astrology Hub. Um, you can you can learn what your Saturn is and do it because that's what we're all supposed to do. And that Saturn and Jupiter get together after hanging out with Pluto for, you know, 10 months, 11 months. They're going to say, "Well, that was that was interesting, but now what do we want to do? We have a opportunity to have a different vision. We're going to take off and fly at 20,000 feet. We're going to see things in a new way. We're going to have an aha moment. We're going to be like, "Oh, okay, we can do it this way. We can change that. We can shift it." There's an opportunity here for us to take action in a way that supports what our dream is. And, of course, now that Neptune's moving forward, he said, okay, now we're ready to work on the dream again. I mean, like all the planets are moving forward right now. So the good news is everybody is um, in the mood except for Uranus. But he goes forward in January. Um, but the rest of them are all like, all right, we're moving forward. We're ready. What do you want to do? And so you will feel a sense of being able to move forward. So that's really good because you're going to feel that, oh, like, oh. You know, oh, like this is not all. Everything's not stuck and blocked and hold back. And not to say the anger's not gone. Mars is still in Aries through the end of the beginning of January, right? But he's and he still has to square the COVID clump two more. You know, the third time. But the third time is, the first time is you say, oh wow, there's a problem, which was March. We all got the virus then, and then when we retrograde, September 9th, and we said, well, we're going to change our approach to it. And then it went direct in November, and it said, okay, you think I'm gone? I'm not gone yet. And now we're seeing virus resurging. So, yes, the deaths are going to go up, and, um, yes, the virus counts are going to go up. And, you know, there's simple ways to fix this. We just have to do it uh, and what that looks like, right? So, yeah, it's all on us, people. We all are responsible for our own lives, our own charts, and our own contribution to our culture, our society, our world, our country, our family. And now that the planets are all moving forward, full steam ahead, and understanding what's good for me is probably good for everybody else, too. Or at least I have to make that pitch. I have to say, hey, maybe we can change this rule of kings into something that's a little more collaborative, that's a little more supportive, that's a little more like what the what the community needs. And it's not going to be without its disagreements or its arguments. You know, that's part of how it works, the discussion, the figuring it out. But finding commonality, finding common ground – you know, the Aquarian energy does have that potential. It also has the potential for more missile silos, people being in cults. And when they're in a cult, you know, if you've ever watched any movies on cults, um, it's a little hard. 
you know, because they've given over their own thought process to other people to make decisions for them, and they're not necessarily thinking. So that's the other piece of it, because that's Jupiter and Saturn can be um, can be cults too. So in Aquarius, hopefully not, but we'll we'll see what happens. It's all unfolding, and we're all here. We all signed up for this part of the ride. And so when I see that, I'm like, yeah, you signed up for this. And you go, I didn't, I didn't know it was going to happen, And I'm like, I know, I know. You didn't know it was going to happen, but you're here. Isn't it fun? And you're like, I don't think it's fun. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get you. You don't, have, you don't have to like it, but you're here. You're here. So let's talk about the aspects in the week ahead. It's actually an easy week, which is good. I mean, the eclipse is big, and Neptune going forward is big. But Mars is just starting to get a little traction, so he's starting to take off. But there aren't a lot of hard aspects this week, which is why I went on so long-winded at the front end here. So the moon, the sun goes from 7 Sag to 15. Um, he does have some semi-squares. The semi-squares are not necessarily hard, uh, but they are stressful. You know, So people can feel a little stressed. But they're not necessarily going to feel like, oh, my God, I, you know, like, oh, I can't even handle this anymore. So he has a semi-square to Pluto on the 29th. He has a semi-square to Jupiter on the 3rd. He has a semi-square to Saturn on the 5th. And he has a semi-square to Pallas Athena on the 6th. He also partners with power on the 6th. So there's a lot of energy there around how we move this forward. Um, uh, around the Sun in Sag, which is, okay, this is the vision. Now, remember, Jupiter's still in Capricorn, so... Sag is a little depressed, you know, because he's still working with this Capricorn boss. But he can see the freedom coming, right? And he is in a hard, he's in a, he's in a blind spot square. He's like the light after, uh, the light, you know, he's kind of riding in the passenger car, and he's helpful. You know, he's giving you stuff to do or helping you with stuff. So look for illumination with the sun and Sag. Mercury this week runs from um, 29 Scorpio to 9 Sag. Now, he, Scorpio, he's revealing the secrets until he goes into Sag, which is December 1st. And he's got a big whopper he's going to reveal on the 30th because he's got a sextile to Saturn. Um, and then he, Mercury, of course, is in Sag. So he is uh, out, you know, talking and communicating. And he has aspects to um, Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto. He has a parallel. So what that is is kind of a conjunction. Sagittarius tells the truth. Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are kind of like, oh, you're telling the truth on me? And so watch for the truth to be revealed this week. Lots and lots of truths coming out because Mercury is in his Sagittarian version where he says things and people kind of go, really? And he goes, yeah. And you're like, okay. you know. And he's just spent like a bunch of time in Scorpio where he's gotten the secrets. So watch for secrets to be revealed this week. As he talks to Saturn on December 4th, he talks to Jupiter on uh, December 5th, and he talks to Pluto on December 8th by declination, by parallel. So he's revealing the secrets. Then he goes into the same position next week that the sun goes through this week. So the sun's going through the Sag planets this week and telling stories. And so next week then Mercury has like, okay, now that you know the story, now what do you want to do about it, right? So this is like a fun time. I always like... I always like when Mercury's in Sag. He's not always kind, but he is direct. And I always tell the story of my friend Sandra looking at me one day. We were sitting on a bench overlooking the East River, and she goes, Ortley, like, what's going on with your hair? And I'm, I'm like, what? And I'd kind of been in a, I'm not dyeing my hair. I'm not in the mood. I don't want to do it. So I had roots. She goes, you look like a Mennonite. I'm like, what? 
She goes, you look like a man. I said, what's Mennonite? She goes, like the Amish people. They don't, you know, and some people need to dye their hair because they have mousy brown hair. And I'm kind of like, okay. You know, whenever I see my roots, I always think of that bench, and I always think of that Mercury and Sag comment. Uh, so Mercury and Sag does say things like that to you. So if people say things to you this week, you just kind of go, oh, Mercury and Sag. Yeah, they're they're telling me the truth, whether I like it or not. Um Venus this week is really happy. She's in Scorpio, which is not a sign she particularly likes, but she's having great aspects to people, right? So she's getting power on November 30th, and she's quintiles Pluto. She's quintiling Jupiter on December 3rd. She's getting abundance. She's quintiling Saturn on December 4th. Uh, she's getting structure. She's quintiling... Um, Athena on December 5th. So she is just happy, happy, happy. She's also trining Neptune, so she's a little deluded. But she's optimistic, and she's got a plan. And, you know, I have Venus in Scorpio natally, and I always joke it's, you know, it's Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction, Hot Sex in the Elevator, or I Can Boil Your Bunny. Which do you want? And so as we watch Venus go through these planets in Scorpio, She's really talking to the boys, the COVID clump, and saying, you guys you guys realize what you've done here, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know. And she's like, all right, well, you know, it actually was really helpful because it made all of us wake up psychologically and understand things. And they go, well, that's not what we wanted. And, and they go, well, that's what the outcome was. And so think about how much you've woken up <laughs> since last January when – you know, the astrologers all said, oh, my God, this is going to be a really big year. This is going to be... We had no clue how bad it was going to be. But we, we did know it was going to be really big, right? And then when it came, we went, wow, global pandemic, man, this is big. I mean, it is big. We knew it was going to be big, but we didn't know how big it was. So now we're really coming to understand the implications and what it showed us. Venus also has an adjusting aspect. She's not been getting along well with Mars lately. Um, she was opposite him a couple weeks ago. Now she's having an inconjunct to him, and Mars is in the mood to pick a fight because he's in Aries, and she's in Scorpio, and that's a finger of God, and she's just like, meh, meh, meh. so, you know, Venus is not cuddly, but she's happy. Does that make sense? Um, she knows where you live. She knows how to boil your bunny, right? <laughs> or she goes, no, nah, I'm not going to boil the bunny, but um, I could. I don't want to, but I could. And, and so maybe it's more I don't want to, but I could, you know, kind of thing. So we'll see what she does with us. Saturn picks up with Athena on December 2nd. You get a great idea, really brilliant idea. And then Athena goes into Aquarius December 7th. So she's the first of the planets to go into Aquarius. Um, they're all going to go in. All the, all the COVID clump is going to go in there. And Athena has been hanging out with the boys. Remember, she's a, she's a girls, she's a boys club girl. Um, she's been hanging out with them, helping you be strategic and understand your direction and where you're going. And so now she's kind of talking to you about that new chapter, right, that new chapter that's beginning. So right now, today, the moon is in Taurus. Uh, actually, right now, it went into a Gemini at 11.16. And so it's in Gemini uh, today, the 29th. It will be in Gemini tomorrow, going void at 11.22 p.m. with a square to Neptune, so a little bit of delusion in that full moon eclipse. But the lunar eclipse, of course, takes place at 4.30. The aspects of the moon in Gemini are usually not hard, but with the square to Neptune, there can be a bit of deception. Um, she goes, the moon goes into Cancer. It's going to be void all day the 1st, too. She goes into Cancer, Tuesday the 1st. She goes into Cancer at 10.33 p.m. And then, of course, we know when she's hanging out in the Cancer 
planets, she's making hard aspects to the COVID clump. So that makes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, going void on Friday at 5.29 a.m. That makes, with an opposition to Saturn, that makes her um, be emotional and figuring out things and working with stuff and maybe not as happy as she could be. And that's okay. You know, it's it's an under, you know, mooning cancer is more sensitive, but it does see the things clearly, even if it doesn't like what it sees. And then when we get to um, Thursday night around 7.30, and then uh, Friday, moon has all the hard aspects to the, the um, kept the COVID clump. But she's in cancer, so she's kind of sensitive. So basically both Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, bad Friday, bad closing aspects. Moon goes into Leo on Friday the 4th at 7.53 a.m. and goes void at 5.28 p.m. on the 5th with a trine to Mars. So that's a good one. That Friday, Saturday, good. Uh, Saturday night, the moon is void. And then it goes into Virgo on Sunday afternoon the 6th at 2.46 p.m. And the closing aspect for that is good, too. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday... But big void moons, big void moons this week. And, of course, that will happen as the planets move into Aquarius. Uh, we'll have a lot of long void moons, which allowed us to allow us to adjust. So the week is not hard like we've had some really kick-ass weeks recently, but it is definitely emotional, and it definitely is clear and clarifying, and it definitely is the scales fall from your eyes and you see things that you never saw before. It's an eclipse. And we have the full moon eclipse, and then we release for two weeks towards that new moon eclipse that happens on December 14th. Um, and uh, then we live happily ever after, right? So take care of yourself, wear your mask, be safe. Uh, love, love, hugs, hugs. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy uh, interesting season ahead of us as we head towards Christmas. And remember to tell the people you love that you love them because that's really what it's all about. Ann Ortley signing off here from the Bright Red Desk, and I just want to say, I love you. My aunt used to love the Stevie, the Stevie Wonder song. One, one time she mailed me a tape um, that she'd made where she played that song. That was the only thing on the tape. It was I, call, I just called to say I love you. So I want you all to go listen to the Stevie Wonder song and then just imagine a tape with it playing for a whole hour. <laughs> and you play it and you go... That's the only thing that's on this tape is Stevie Wonder. I just called to say I love you. And that was all that was on the tape. And I still have that tape somewhere in this house. Um, but, yeah, go play Stevie Wonder. I just called to say I love you. Uh, Ann Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk and wishing you a fabulous week. Take care. Bye-bye.